From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. You can hear me now. I had a little technical difficulties. When you know it's over, you know it's over. So we might as well talk about it now on the game five. Unless we can see a miracle within the next less than half of a period. It's a wrap. Uh, now we got a little bit more issues on our hands with uh, two centers that Ryan Strong, which was set the domino effect on the line changes. And they looked all sync out of, you know, they looked out of sync all night. And then throw on top of it, Filipino. Uh, getting injured uh, on a vic- uh, the Victor Hedman hit. Uh, so uh, we got to talk about this. Let's talk about it right now it's because we don't want to be all long. Assuming pr- the presumption of this episode on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Prowl, post-game number four versus the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Bolts, uh, the Rangers are probably going to lose or have lost by the time you listen to this episode. So RP on Forever Blue Shirts and Pirate Sports Media has been writing articles nonstop. RP, say hello to the people. We got Scott with us as well. How you doing, sir? Uh, you know, we're still in it. Mm-hmm. Just they just stopped scoring. You know, you're gonna go two games without an even strength goal. It's hard to win hockey like that. On top of oh. injuries, on top of you know bad plays. So, but, you know, they're not out of it. They still got home ice. They can still win two out of the next three. So I just got to keep the faith. They're a resilient team. They're going to be tested now. Right on. And, of course, we'll bring on Scott. Say, Scott, say hello, man. How, how's everything, man? Uh, well, it's not a good evening, but uh, evening, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were not good. Yeah, this kind of reminded me of the, of the first two games in Carolina. Uh, they just couldn't do anything right tonight. I mean, the pass, they couldn't get into the zone, and when they did, the passing was just atrocious. Uh, you know, there were a couple times where they had, somebody had the puck by, like, the, uh, on, on the left side by the face-off circle, and they tried to make the pass to the right face-off circle, which, you know, is usually working, but the pass was just not even close to where somebody could get a shot off quickly, and then all of a sudden there's a defender on top of them. Uh, just all games, just terrible passing. Uh, could not establish anything. Right, right. Now, um, I, we're getting a lot of feedback. Uh, so whoever has the, uh, the, the TV or the game on in the background, just turn it down a little bit. We're getting a lot of feedback. But, RP, we can start over for you. Oh, and actually, before we go to RP, Scott, by all means, man, I mean, um, when you come back around, we've got to introduce uh, everybody, you know, to the platform you have gotten with the Face Off podcast. So definitely plug that in when we come back to you. Uh so RP, um, what happened in Game Four, man? What, what, what have uh, your thoughts on that? We'll go to Scott, and then I'll definitely chime in. You know, you lost the, you lost Game Three because of a bad defensive covered by Kreider, and you gave up the first goal of the game for a horrendous play by Justin Braun, not taking the body and trying to play the puck. 
and, and Maroon got that loose rebound and scored. And it seemed that the Rangers just fell in quick skin and just, you know, they, they haven't scored an even strength goal. I think it's in like the third period of game two. You, you have to score five on five in the semifinals. Uh, there's no other way around it. You know, you could be playing crappy defense. I mean, we saw that in the Western Conference Final with, with Edmonton and Colorado. There, there was horrible defense there. There was horrible goaltending, but both teams were scoring a lot of goals. You you can't do all three. You can't play bad defense, make mistakes, and not score and expect to win, and, and that's where we're at right now. So the Rangers have to find a way to score five on five, and it's going to be a hell of a lot harder if Strom and Beetle are both out of the lineup. Because I tell you what, Goodrow is a good fourth-line center. But coming off the injury he had when he missed the 11 playoff games earlier, he's not ready to play second-line minutes. And it's going to be a real problem for them if, if one of those two guys can't return to the next game. Strom tried it in warm-ups and couldn't do it, so hopefully he'll be able to give it a shot on Thursday. The heater injury, I saw the replay three times. I can't tell if his head hit the glass or if his shoulder hit the glass first. Uh, ESPN and, and all the beat writers are just saying up a body or injury, which is what the Rangers released. So we're going to have to wait that out a little bit longer and, and see what this, uh, how bad that injury is. But this is going to be a real hard battle if you have both those guys out for a long period of time. All right, cool. Shout out to RP. Uh, we'll come back to RP. Scott, you know, tell everybody about uh, the, face- the face-off podcast. I listened to the first episode, man. A fantastic uh, dialogue with you and Patrick uh, on the games, our team, and the other series as well. Feel free to, you know, tell tell everybody about, uh, you know, uh, the, well, the show. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, my buddy Patrick up in Montreal, I mentioned him a couple times. I go up there uh, for the games. Uh, He's had season ticket holder, hang out, whatnot. So he wanted to start a podcast. Uh, uh, so we did uh, last week. We did a preview of the, of, of the final uh, of, of both conference finals. Uh, we did one today around five o'clock, uh, where we just talk about both series. Obviously, the, uh, the West being closed out, whatnot. He had uh, some Habs news to report and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, the two of us, and I appreciate you uh, promoting that. And uh, we, yeah, we did the second one. Uh, he's got the link. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share it tomorrow. But um, yeah, cool. you know, it's uh, you know, I, I like doing this stuff. I, I, I love your show, so uh, I love. You know, I guess I just love to hear myself talk. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I enjoyed that first episode, man, and I'm looking forward to the second one, along with reading. Uh, the content from Forever Blue Shirts, Empire Sports Media, of course, from the Honorable Ranger Proud Frank Curl, of course. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, but Scott, in this game, man, um, the passing, it, it, the difference to me. Oh, uh, let me. I'll, I'll speak on my, what I'm seeing. But give us your thoughts. Continue your thoughts on what you're seeing in Game Four, and then go back to Game Three uh, on what's happened. And you know, the series is probably going to be tied two to two. Yeah. Well. Game three w- was disappointing because they were they were grossly outplayed. I mean, you know, we're no stranger to being outshot, so it's not even really an issue anymore. I mean, they did throw 30 up, which is a nice number ourselves. Uh, it's just disappointing because, you, you know, they did blow the two-goal lead, third period, 2-2, and you got a four-minute power play with nine minutes left, and I'm thinking, like, here we go. You know, just, just one. That's all we need. I'm, I don't even need two. I don't need to score on both ends of, the, of it, just, just one. 
and Truba takes that penalty. I mean, it was his third penalty of the day. That that last one, I thought he kind of had to take because he was beaten. Uh, he was beaten cleanly, and that's a that's a breakaway. And I think if there is one weak point to to Shesterkin's games, I think it's breakaways. Uh, so whatever he took the penalty, you know, saved the goal or saved at least you know an, an opportunity. Uh, but that pretty much killed the momentum, uh, any momentum we could have generated. So and then of course the the game winner with 41 seconds left. So that one kind of stings a little bit. We, we, you know, we could have gotten out of there with a win, uh, with how how grossly outplayed they were. So you expected them to. Um, you know, to get it together tonight, and they just didn't. Um, you know, we're no stranger to, uh, you know, Rangers dragging ass in the first period, as they did. So, thinking, like, all right, you know, they're going to come alive in the second. And they they, they, they started to. Uh, they, they, they did pick up their play, but they couldn't generate anything. I mean, they couldn't get into the zone. They couldn't stay, you know, got to give credit to Tampa's forecheck. I mean, it was it was relentless. Um, you know, in, in the few times where they were able to get around it, you know, they were three on two, you know, seeing three on two issues we'll call it three on 2.5s um but you know they, they couldn't do anything once they got into the zone then they started to dump and chase but they weren't getting to the pucks uh you know if you're going to dump and chase you, you got to forecheck and you got to come out with the pucks and, and they really weren't and then when they did have what minimal sustained or well, they didn't have sustained at all what minimal offensive pressure they had they could not make a good pass uh they were given vasilevsky you know, beautiful looks. There was there was nobody in front. There was no screens. Uh, they, they, I can think of really one great opportunity. I mean, it's amazing that we were out. I don't know if we still are, but we were out shooting them by a decent amount. Um, and even the uh, you know as ridiculous as ESPN's coverage has been, one of one of the guys said it just didn't really doesn't feel that way. And he was absolutely right. It didn't feel that way. Um, you know, I can think of just I can think of really one good scoring opportunity they had when Truba had it kind of point blank and he had Lindgren down low. Uh, did make a nice pass to him because again, you could shoot that all day. I don't think that's going in, even though he was point blank. Uh, you know, with nobody in front of him. You know, Vasilevsky, the Vasilevsky from games three and four that we've seen will make that save all day. So I think he did the right thing. He uh, you know made a nice hard pass to uh, to Lindgren, but he couldn't handle it. Um, would have should have been a nice mm-hmm. tip in, but it is what it is. And other than that, that's really the only good opportunity I could think of that they had the entire game. I mean, the mm-hmm. shots were just you know not really effective. They were from the outside. Vasilevsky had a perfect look at everything. You know, he didn't really make any great saves because he didn't have to. Um, you know, the, the Rangers just defeated themselves again. I will give credit to Tampa. Uh, their their forechecking was great, and they kind of suffocated the Rangers. And you know, like you said, it uh, it felt like one of those Carolina games early on in the season in the series. Um, but whatever. I mean. If you told me at the beginning of this series we'd be 2-2 heading back to New York, I probably would have been happy with that. Yes, after being up 2 nothing, it's no longer uh, you know, a moral <laughs> victory, but it is 2-2 where we're going home and we played significantly better. Uh, I'm not banking on the, uh, you know, I would have felt better, uh, you know, I'm not banking on the home ice thing and, you know, the, the, the I don't want to say they're not unbeatable at home, you know, they're not. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I'm not banking on that, but that's the the silver lining here is they are going home where they've been significantly better um, and just shake it off. And yeah, the uh, potential injuries here, uh, I, I'm hopefully optimistic about Strome because he was close today. Uh, you know, he did skate in the warmups and decided he couldn't go. So that's kind of optimistic, but you never know. It could be something, you know, maybe they're going to take an MRI or something and we got to throw, I don't know. Um, 
you know, you know, admittedly, I was, uh, you know, RP. I think I commented on one of your things about uh, where Strom was, was, you know, on the fence before they announced it, and I said that I was actually looking forward to Goodrow playing on the second line and, you know, putting Rooney in the fourth line where they've been most of the series, uh, you know, most of the playoffs anyway. Uh, but that didn't quite work out, you know. I guess, you know, Strom. I guess, you know, he can't win a faceoff and he's not getting points, but. You know, there's obviously some chemistry there for the other guys, and they just didn't have it tonight. So maybe it was the Strom absence. Maybe, you know, the Rangers just have games where they just don't really show up. It happens. It shouldn't be happening, you know, uh, four games into the conference finals, but it does. Uh, But I think the Heedle thing is a much bigger potential issue. I don't, you know, we don't really know anything at this point. Um you know that's that that's going to be devastating uh, with, with what he's become and what that line has become. Uh, if Heedle is 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 out, uh, that's going to potentially devastating right there. I totally agree. Um, so I'll be uh, following the New York Rangers and of course Ranger Prowl for updates between now and game number five, because you know when when we came on last time Carl mentioned it he expected a split 2 to 2 and I agree with him and that's pretty much what we got but to your point Scott seeing it how it happened up to nothing like I want to be mad but at the same time we've had a hell of a run with comeback victories all regular season and playoffs so you kind of kind of do to give up one here and there and you're up to nothing in the series. So it, it's not the end of the world, but the way it played out, especially at the very end of game number three, uh, that late goal to, you know, the game, the game winner for Tampa Bay, uh, that was frustrating to watch. Now this is actually more concerning than anything, like you guys said, because two centers are down. And, and, and I said this all season. I said, when the Rangers are at full strength, we could play with anybody. Now, line shuffles always happen. Coaches always make game in-game adjustments. But the difference, the, what I saw in Carolina game, the games in Carolina, especially games number one and two and five on the road versus what I'm seeing in game number four, in particular tonight. The, the blue, the the the, the, the they, they're sending three guys, Tampa Bay, behind the offensive zone line, meaning they're daring the Rangers to beat them or cross that line onside and take their chances. And the Rangers are not – they're like you said, Scott, they're mis-executing their passes just like in Carolina. But the difference was they're setting up behind the offensive – going into the offensive zone uh, for the Rangers. And they're just throwing them all out of whack tonight. And especially – it maybe has to do a little bit – everything could be true. Like center uh, – you know, Goudreau being bumped up, not used to playing with the guys, the other wings. Uh, Lafreniere playing with, uh, with Mr. Benajad. Uh, they, they haven't really really been on attack much at all. And then also, you also got to play defense, you know, trying to pick up your men, you know, like on that second goal uh, by, the, uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was just confusion off the turnover, and Kucherov caught them sleeping, and then next thing you know, it's pretty much him by himself. And Tampa Bay is very good at that. Like, they will – I mean, great hockey teams are always going to make you pay. Uh, you saw that in the Western Conference Series with Colorado. They'll make you pay. And that's another juggernaut, too, if we get past this. I would have said if we were at full strength, RP, I'm going to go back to you. If we were at full strength, I love our chances. But this is different because I, I didn't foresee – 
Hedo getting hurt, you know, if Strong, if Strong comes back, okay, maybe we have something to go because you could go Zabinajad, Strong, Gaudreau, Rooney. You could run with that. But if both of them are out, <laughs> I don't know about that, dude, because it, it's not necessarily about – because people may kill Strong as far as being this two-way hockey player. I see Ranger fans killing him. And I, but it, it's, it's more than that. It's about the chemistry. It's the things he does that kind of doesn't show up on the stat sheet as far as chemistry, defense. You're missing a little bit of that. Some of that stuff that, that deep in the offensive zone that Tampa Bay has been getting tonight – some of that could have been limited. You know, a lot of the scoring chances. And, Scott, I'm with you as far as with the Rangers scoring chances. What scoring chances? Outside of that uh, Truba uh, deflection or pass attempt to Lindgren, I mean, where are these shot, shots on goals coming from? I'm not seeing that. <laughs> it it feels like the Rangers haven't been, like, like, I mean, you've seen a couple in the third period, but the first two periods, like, where? So, um, RP, what are your thoughts, man, as far as um, – Get game adjustment from Gallant, uh, in, in, including, uh, you know, depending if some guys may not be available. And the thing about this RP, I, you can't use it as an excuse because Tampa Bay has played the entire series without Braden Point. So it's kind of like we'll lose to the, if we lose, we lose to a team that's bad. That was just better, you know. That's just the way it is. What's your thoughts? I mean, that's exactly what it is. You, you have to deal with injuries. The Rangers have been lucky uh, up until this point, and now, you know, they're going to have to figure it out if they want to move on. I mean, there's not much you could say about it. Injuries are part of the game, and you know, the the strong injury was kind of a weird thing because he sort of just been pushed in the back and turned. It looked more like a hip flexor or a pulled groin than anything else. Um, the heel one's a little bit more concerning because you're not quite sure what happened. The impact with his face to the boards, it could have been the head, could be the shoulder. So we're going to wait and see. But, you know, if you want to win, you just got to learn how to deal with it and keep going. I think before Strom got hurt, the Rangers were still struggling with a full unit to score five on five. So it doesn't have a lot to do with Strom, you know, and Hedl not being here and now things have changed. When they were full capacity until Strom got hurt, they were still struggling. So for whatever reason, the Rangers just haven't been able to get the puck, you know, Cast as a lefty after the first two games, for the most part, looked like they poked the bear and he woke up, and now they're going to have to, you know, deal with the two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender. So they're going to have to, you know, put their head down and grind it and stop being perfect and just shoot the puck. And there's a ranger goal, and uh, you know, and see what happens. Power play, but nonetheless, actually a two-man advantage because they pulled just starting with three and a half minutes to go. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's good at their scoring. It's good at the power plays clicking. But again, you you, you can't. You need to generate your offense. You need to generate your forecheck with whoever you have out there on the ice. And the Rangers haven't done that for two games. Um, you know, even in in game three, g- game three seemed to be a more structured game than what the Rangers are playing now. They just came out a little. I don't want to say the team came out flat in a playoff game because I don't think they came out flat. I think. Tampa Bay came out on fire and got that quick goal, which sort of set the pace for the game. You know, everybody wants the first goal in the game. We know that. But they're going to have to find a way to, on home ice, to, to get the puck past this guy and to score five on five and get some four check, some pressure on the offensive end. They're making a lot of defensive mistakes the last two games. And, you know, I was talking about it in the article on my keys to winning today. We were talking about bad passes before. 
the Rangers have this bad habit the last two games of turning the puck over on their own blue line as their team is playing right. out. They make that first horrible pass out. They turn it around, and it's an automatic rush and, and scrolling chances against. And when Herb Brooks used to be the Rangers coach many years ago, he used to call that the gray area. Two feet before the blue line and after the blue line. It's the worst place to give up a puck because your team is just flying to get out of there. And then the puck's turned over and nobody can get back. And that's where the Rangers were getting burnt. On top of that, yesterday, they couldn't make the first pass out of their own end of the ice. It's very hard to get going when you're constantly giving the puck away. So it's these little things, but when they all happen at the same time, you find yourself going two game leads. And that's where they're at now. Now, uh, Scott, you have you have anything you want to ask RP or myself? We can get a little back and forth. Um, you know, as this game winds down, uh, too low deficit. What's your thoughts, Scott? Or anything you want to say to Scott, uh, to RP or myself, or anything in general from this game? Um, I mean, we won't pretty much cover it. Uh, we are on the board, by the way. Uh, Panarin scored as we pulled the goalie. It's uh, three to one with uh, two ten left. I'm not watching the game. I got the score app uh, on the phone here, but. Uh, Hey, at least we broke a shutout. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. That's you know, we pretty much covered uh, everything. That I have a question for you. I have a question for sure. you in RP. How do you neutralize Nikita Kucherov for the rest of the series? You've seen him for four games now. He's kind of been a catapult to really jumpstarting the Tampa Bay Lightning offensively. You saw what he did as far as cherry-picking his way to that goal and saw what he did on the power play on game three. He's been the creator. Matter of fact, he set up the game-winning goal, of, you know, with the, the nice touch pass as well. I mean, this is what he does. He's been doing this for years, Hall of Famer and all that. But at, at what point do you adjust your game to make – you've got to take him out, not saying illegally with, with a hitter or something, but how do you neutralize him? I mean – as far as his shiftiness on the ice? I don't think it's so much a question of neutralizing him as it is the Rangers playing the game that got them here, playing the game that got them the first two wins. Um, you know, they weren't overly, well, they, they were overly dominant in the first one, but they, they weren't overly dominant in the second, but, but they were able to at least play their game, um, you know, where, where they haven't here. Um, now I don't know if it's the four check. I mean, I, I think uh, I think uh, they they added that four check uh, here in Tampa. I don't re- recall it. Or if they did do it, it wasn't effective because I don't recall it at the Garden. So this is where the chess match comes into play, and this is where I'm so much more confident with a coach like Gallant than I was with AV because AV could not outcoach anyone. You know, when the Rangers won under, under his tenure, it was because they just scored, you know, just the, the players played a better game. He could not make adjustments. And when games came down to chess matches, he lost every time. And that's why he's never won a Stanley Cup. That's why he's gone to the finals with us. He's gone to the finals with uh, 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 Vancouver. He had some phenomenal regular season, uh, you know, regular seasons of Vancouver. And, and, and he just completely crapped the bed uh, in, in Philly. Um, so... You know, that's why yeah, I, I really mean to turn it into a trash and AV uh, rant, but the point is that's why I'm so much more confident in Gallant because Cooper obviously made some adjustments after uh, after the two games in New York, and now it's Gallant's turn. And I think, um, you know, things are 
with, with, with the home ice advantage, with, with, with our, uh, you know, getting our, our matchups, as obviously we saw how huge that was for uh, Jordan Stahl on Zibanejad in the last series. Uh, so we go back to that. We get the advantage there, the last change. So I think um, I think it's on Gallant now. I really do, um, you know, to make the adjustments to counter Cooper's adjustments because he was obviously uh, effective there, and uh, you know it was, a, it was a quality move. And now it's Gallant's move. So um, I th- and I think that's how we do it. The answer to your question, I think that's how you neutralize Kucherov by just getting back on our our game, making you know these, these last two games we, we you know with Tampa's game, both of them, um, and and the Rangers were you know desperately trying to play their game and now it's our turn to take our game back like we had in games one and two and then let Kucherov come to us and remember he was getting sloppy he was taking penalties uh he was getting free you know the, the, the good thing about you know the Russians when when things don't go their way they get frustrated and Kucherov is absolutely uh you know uh personifies that so we that's we just get the lead uh you know and, and just take it to them like we did uh like we did in the two games in New York. And I think that right there helps neutralize Kucherov and, you know, gets him a little, uh, little, little on edge and panicking and not, uh, you know, today you know, in the two games in Tampa, he was completely at ease and just knew it was, you know, his time to shine. Uh, we just have to make sure that he knows and it's in his head that it's not his time to shine anymore. Yeah. And hopefully it is. And one thing, um, uh, before we bring on Carl, uh, RP, you have any additional thoughts uh, you want to say before we bring on Carl and get his thoughts? All right. I just think the best way to, to shut him down is to forecheck and keep the puck in their end of the ice. You're not going to stop him and stand coach. You're going to try to reduce their scoring opportunities, and except they're going to score one or two goals a game because they're that good. But if the puck's not on our end, then they're not going to score any goals. Tampa Bay's been doing it to Alatop in the last two games. And Bonajan and Carter can't get anything going because they can't keep the puck on their end of the ice. They had the same questions coming into Tampa. How are they going to slow down Zimbabwean? How are they going to slow down Carter? How are you going to slow down the kids' line? Well, they figured it out. Forechuck. Sometimes it's a simple simple thing. Keep the puck on their end of the ice. They need to make passes faster. They kind of hold on to the puck too long. When they're in their end, when they're in our end, and and you turn the puck over, you make a bad pass, and that's just what it is. So... I just think the Rangers need to get back to playing fast, hard hockey, playing the four-check style, putting pressure on their guys when they have the puck. You didn't see that a lot here. Tampa Bay didn't hold the puck a lot. They got the puck. They did stretch passes. They did seam passes. Yeah, they did quick give-and-goes. They were dumping the puck, and they were beating our guys through the puck. You, you just need to play the, a better fundamental hockey, and, and that just helps you right there. Yeah, well, we'll bring on Carl. And one thing I noticed, man, like Maroon is a clear-cut leader on that fourth line. No matter who goes up and down on their bottom six with uh, with Colton and Corey Perry, who's been you know a long time in this league, Maroon has been the the, the ultimate captain on that fourth line, and that got them jump started. Uh, Nash has played very pretty decent hockey for them as well. Uh, but it it really goes with the old guard as well, man. Their top line, um, uh, you know, it's kind of like shifting the balance with, you know, Kucherov with the playmaking ability, knowing where Palat's going to be. And you always got to worry about St- uh, Steven Stamkos' uh, uh, rifle of a shot. 
and uh, we got to keep it honest, man. You saw even a, a breakaway. You know, I give credit where credit due. It could have been a lot uglier game with how flat we. I I would have yeah. We were a little flat, but they did outskate us. But there was a play where I thought Zabinajad did a hell of a job early on. I thought that was going to be a key point to at least keep us in this game, where he chased down Sam Coast, but kind of fought him off without drawing a penalty. Good defense by Zabinajad and good hustle. But, Carl, let's get your thoughts, man, as the Blue Shirts lose game number four. Uh, we saw the writing on the wall. We jumped on a little bit early, so we wanted to get our thoughts off. Man. What's up, man? How you doing, man? What's your thoughts, man? You were right, 2-2, two to two, game five on Thursday. Well, good evening, uh, everybody. Um, an interesting game. Well, I wouldn't say an interesting game tonight. I think this game kind of went exactly as I thought it would uh, leading into the day. Um, the first four games have essentially held form. I think the only difference being that we thought maybe either team would win a game on the other team's home ice, but so far it's been a home series kind of like the last one. Um, I thought about this today, and, I, and it played out again tonight. If you sort of look at this series in a in a trend line, right, and you start it from the third period of the second game and stretch that out all the way through the final period of tonight's game, the series has been trending in Tampa Bay's direction. And even though the Rangers were up two nothing on the game on Sunday, I, I was I was as I was watching, I was like, I'm not totally sure about this. You know, Tampa Bay, I always figured was going to be heard from uh, and weren't just going to just go quietly into the night, as I think a lot of folks might have thought leaving the garden on Friday night. I think the partners, I think there's a portion of fans that believe that. And we're all going to sort of, if the series, you know, goes a certain way that, you know, that we may not hope it does, you know, we'll always look back at two, nothing middle of the second period and say, damn, we had these fill in the blanks right there to be had, and we let them off the hook. That's, that's going to be a narrative if this series trends the wrong way. Conversely, we could also say, hey, listen, this series was almost destined to go seven games. I think we'll be back here again Tuesday night uh, next week and, and be either celebrating, drinking uh, you know, your favorite liquor, or, or crying our eyes out, one or the other, um, in, in some form or fashion. But in terms of just the way that the, the series is played, I want to dismiss whatever happened in game one now because I think that that was a complete aberration. And I feel like the games, the last three games, are probably more of an accurate representation of what we're going to see here in terms of the rest of the series, in terms of not, you know, the open open offense really for both teams has not to me really been there. Um, I was, and there's a note I had tonight right around the first period and the second period around the 10 minute mark. I said, Boy, you know, the Rangers are allowed to play offense here tonight, you know, but for some reason that hasn't been happening, even though they had more shots. So the shot quality tonight was just, I, I thought it was atrocious right up until the last two minutes of the game. Um, we, it's also now becoming, folks, a, a war of attrition, you know, strewn down. I know Goody took the, the block shot uh, on Sunday. By the way, you couldn't pay me enough to take a block shot. Um Heedle has that collision tonight along the board. I don't know if he's got a rib injury. That's what I'm thinking. They're saying upper body injury, but I'm thinking it's a rib injury, and we'll have to sort of see on that. But, you know, you, you start losing the players that the Rangers are losing, particularly down the middle of the ice. You know, you can't just – that, that's hard to replace. And, 
you know, we'll, we'll see if some of these guys are available to play on, on Thursday uh, at the Garden. Uh, but I'm very, very worried right now in terms of that because not having the depth at that position eventually just wears on you. You, 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 can't, you can't go very, you know, very long without you know, that type of quality. You know, we're looking at the depth. I, mean, I think last week or maybe the week before we were talking about you know, the amount of depth that we had on the team, and now all of a sudden you look a little closer and it's like, wait a second, dudes are sort of you know, dropping like flies here. And you know, I, every time I see Lindgren go down, I keep thinking he's dead. You know, he, he he went down tonight. I'm like, oh my god, not not again. He's lucky he got back up within a few seconds, but it's uh, you know, I'm 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 just I'm just a little bit worried, and that's why I'm I'm very um, I'm very uh, hesitant to oh, to ever use the term momentum in a series, because if you left the game Friday, you would have thought quote unquote Rangers had quote unquote all the momentum. Well, now we're leaving Tampa. And Tampa, quote unquote, has all the momentum. Does that all end on Thursday? We'll have to wait and see, you know. But that's why I'm very, very hesitant to ever use that term because, if, as the coach says, it's game to game. You know, what what you've seen the last two games may not happen on Thursday, and it has really no bearing on the game itself. But you know, Vasilevsky has you know trended much better than he did the first couple of games. You know, that was, you know, that I don't think that was going to be a, a consistent theme early on. He's gotten better. Tampa Bay's gotten better. And conversely, the Rangers, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's just Tampa just sort of, you know, showing some level of, 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 of championship gumption, whatever that term means, you know, these, these last two games to sort of just stand up and say, hey, we're, we're going to be counted for as opposed to, you know, going down 4-0, as we may have hoped. But, hey, it's a dogfight now. And part of me feels like I would rather not get at the game seven this time. I don't want to sort of play that roulette game again. You know, you, they've rolled the dice twice and have won, you know, that it's come up, you know, tremendous for them. I don't want to run that risk one more time. Let me ask you this, Carl, before we go to RP, or get RP's thoughts. How do you feel or your confident level even with these bodies dropping, even before, you know, Strom and, and um, Hedl, the five-on-five, five, like, where does that rank right now? Because if the Rangers can't draw penalties and get on a power play, and God forbid, don't let it be a four-minute, uh, uh, you know, a four-minute penalty, because sometimes it feels like it's a disadvantage in these playoffs when going on to a four-minute power play, even though the power play has been the, arguably the best in the league in the postseason. But what are your thoughts on the five and five, and just to do better, you know, uh, heading in game five, and then we get our peace thoughts as well. Well, well, one thing I'm noticing at five on five is that the Rangers are not getting the puck deep enough. You know, the, yeah. Tam, on on one end, Tampa is not going the long way most of the time to generate offense. They're sort of starting right around, you know, right around the red line. You know, with pucks not being able to get out, and so that's kind of that's one way. And then on the opposite end, you know, the Rangers are not, for whatever reason, not being able to generate um, cycle game. If you, you could probably count in the last two games the amount of really good cycle plays that the Rangers have had in the offensive zone probably on one hand. And you might have change left over, you know, or you might have fingers left over. Uh, that's, that's an issue because, you know, as we've all said, you know, the Rangers are sort of designed based on, Igor and special teams, 
well, if I take one of those aspects away, now the the method for the Rangers to win shrinks dramatically. I think Tampa had what two the two penalties tonight, and the Rangers got a power play goal at the at the end of the game. But really, in the body of the game, before it was actually decided, you know, Tampa Bay took zero penalties. So, you know, you got to have the puck in order to draw penalties. You know, unless mm-hmm. you know something egregious happens. And so, I think it really just sort of starts with possessing the puck and getting into the offensive zone, and then at that point, being able to get Tampa Bay's feet moving. You know, because right now. Tampa Bay, if based on the last two games, Tampa Bay really hasn't had to play a whole lot of defense. At least the way I'm looking at it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, you know, RP or Sky, you know, anybody else can. If someone else can chime in on that, does it feel like the last two games that Tampa Bay has really been playing, you know, much defense at all? I don't think so. But you know, that's well, you no, know, that, for others to sort of decide on that. No, that that's what I said earlier. The the Rangers have absolutely no forecheck in either of the two games. And that's another reason why they're not scoring any goals, and then it's another reason why they're giving up high score chances. That the puck's not in their end, and when it's in their end, they have no trouble coming out. You have to make it harder for them to go the whole length of the ice. Right now, it's been way too easy, you know. And it, it just, for whatever reason, they're they're just not getting in. When they dump the puck in, they just can't cycle. They can't forecheck. They can't put any sustained pressure on them low. And then they come on out and, and do whatever they got to do. They're getting these beautiful, clear cross-ice passes. Their seam passes are great. They're getting a four-check down low on the ranges. I mean, you saw that early on. Justin Braun and, Justin, and Schneider and, and Truber, I think, have just struggled mightily the last two games, all three of them. And uh, I don't think the fourth line has played relatively strong, not, not as strong as they did in the first two games. You know, and then the kid line got broken up when Tito got hurt midway through a loop like with six minutes left in the second period. And, you know, he just was trying at that point, Gallant, just to find some offensive flow, which I give him credit for, you know, with the injuries and, and Goodrill not playing at 100%. He only has so many, you know, cards he can deal. But uh, the floor check is definitely a, a big key for the Rangers. They're fast. And when they're playing their game, they can take over a game just like that, but it, it hasn't happened. Uh, Scott, anything else you'd like to add before we could go to RP and get his final thoughts? Because I don't know if RP's got to cut out. Scott, anything you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, no, that that's that sums it up. Uh, the five-on-five, five, the, the four-check wasn't there, like I mentioned earlier, that with the dump and chase. Well, the dump and chase, uh, there's two parts to it. Dump, they, they got the dump down. Uh, they chase, not so much. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're just not they're getting outskated to the puck. They're not four-checking. Uh, they're not coming up with the pucks. Um, and, yeah, it, it just two very terrible games, very reminiscent to uh, – the three games in Carolina, three, three, the first three games in Carolina, and but again, you know, we're not down. It's two, two going home. Two, two of the next three at home. I mean, I would like to, uh, you know, I thought maybe we we, we broke the mold uh, with that game seven in Carolina, but uh, I guess not. But just take care of business. Go home. Do what they've been doing the whole time, and then all of a sudden, you know, we hopefully be one game away, and then we can figure out uh, how to win in Tampa. All right, cool. Um, RP, you want final thoughts? Uh, you want to go first? I know you may want to cut out. Yeah, um, uh, you know I'm all the articles out, so. and the content. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead, fire away, bro. Yeah, I tell you, 
The Rangers have played 17 games in 35 days in the playoffs. I don't believe they're they tied excuse, but the wear and tear in their bodies might be why guys like Strom are getting hurt, and and it's a lot of hockey. They haven't given themselves any breaks, you know. You split tonight, maybe finish the series off on Thursday, and you can get a couple of days off. Now you're guaranteed to at least be playing Saturday night, and if it goes to Game 7, that'll be only their second. I think that would be their only second two-day break because for whatever reason, the uh, the NHL has scheduled Game 7 to be on Tuesday night, the 14th. So if it does go that far, the Rangers would have some feel Sunday and Monday, and I'm sure they're going to need every minute of that break they can get if they can get that far. Uh, you know something? I'll take two out of three at the Garden. Win or lose, you're doing on their terms. Uh, it's been a... It's been a fun season, and it's frustrating because you know they're they're right on the cusp of doing something big here, and it feels like every time they get that opportunity to give themselves a break and and put the other team up against the wall, it just doesn't seem to work out. So we're going to have to do this the Ranger way, which is the hard way. Won't be surprised if this goes seven now. And let's just hope we can win game five and, and put a little bit of pressure on the opposition for a change instead of for the third time in as many rounds, be the team facing elimination first. Uh, keep on following myself on Ranger Proud with Forever Blue shirts and Empire Sports Media. I've been writing a ton of hockey lately. It's been a blast. So I appreciate all the support. And, uh, boys, I'm going to bed. So I'll oh, talk wait. to you guys soon. And let's just hope we get a big talk. one on Thursday. 30 seconds of your time. i got to say this, RP, because um, I know you had – Rangers Twitter at bay for a lot of the spring, but they're killing him on Twitter, man. Let me read a couple of tweets before you go, man. Embarrassing effort by Panarin defensively once again. Just can't continue to happen if this team plans on winning. That's one tweet. We pay Panarin almost $12 million and he looks like trash. That's another tweet. Panarin has to wake up. He can't continue to play like this. He has no legs, no life. He has been abysmal, no way around it. Another tweet. Can we talk about how absurd it is that M- – NYR, hashtag NYR has come this fall with Panera playing, playing horribly for 90% of this postseason. It's, it's just on and on and on. There's a lot more. I, mean, uh-huh. I just wanted to get ready for that in the morning yeah. or even tonight if you can't go to sleep. I, I tell you, I tell you the one thing Panarin reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you guys remember him, Mike Gartner used to play for the Rangers. He was oh, yeah. incredible in a regular season. I think he had the consecutive streak of like, it was 20 or 30 goals in a season for like 15 straight, 18 straight seasons, whatever it was, unfortunately, sucked in the playoffs. And some guys just are not playoff caliber guys. I hate to say it, and I I don't want to believe it, but in playoff hockey, you have to be able to hit and grind, and that's not Panarin's game at all. You could see it tonight. He tries to sidestep, try to skip out of the way, try to put the puck one way, and he goes the other to get around the defender. And at this quality level of, of NHL hockey in the playoffs, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. And I, I think that's why he's just not playing to the level of where we saw him in the regular season. Because, you know, I haven't liked the ESPN announcers, but one of those two bozos tonight said it right when they were talking about the quality of hockey. The Rangers played 17 games in 35 days. Uh, it was Ray Ferraro. He said, but these 17 games aren't regular season games. These are 17 playoff games, and it's a totally different animal. Panarin is going through that. 
Panarin is going through that. 17 games that he's played in 35 games, it's 17 playoff games when these guys know when and how to hit. And he's just not – he doesn't – He does. that's why he's so indecisive with the puck. He doesn't know whether to shoot, whether to pass, whether to dipsy do around. The game almost looks a little too fast for him because these guys know what to do. You know, Tampa Bay didn't win two cups in a row because they're confused. They've been through the layoffs. They've been through setbacks and, and all of this, and they're taking care of business. So sometimes a coach needs to find a way to make his player better. And maybe Gallant's got to move him to a different line. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Tonight he didn't look good with Zimbanejad. You would have thought it would have worked out, but Zimbanejad plays a different game. He can take the beating. He can give the beating. Maybe you got to put him with, with – maybe Panarin should be with a Lafreniere and a Kako. I know none of them are centers. The Rangers might have to throw someone at center anyway if both these other guys are out. You know, it, it's very hard to move a Panarin around when you have two centers injured. But on the flip side, Gallant has to find an equation that works that makes his hockey player a better hockey player and a successful hockey player. That's the head coach's responsibility, too. And right now, for most of this playoff, Panarin's been lost in the dust. You're not going to put him down to the fourth line. I don't think putting him to the third or, or second or the first is a bad thing. I think uh, up until the heel injury, the top nine were playing pretty decent hockey. But he's going to have to find a way to get Panarin open. He's going to have to find a way to get Panarin some scoring opportunities because they're going to keep ripping him. He probably, over the entire playoffs, he's probably struggled the most in my eyes. True for the last two games, for whatever reason, I don't know if he's playing too many minutes, if he's trying to do too much, but he's played too. Uh, he hasn't played well. And the last two games, Karate has been taking some uncrowder-like penalties, probably more towards frustration, but they got to clean all of that up. They have to clean all of this up relatively quick and get the best 12 forward they on the, uh, get on the ice and, you know, see what happens. Rooney's going to have to step up. And I don't know if Goodrow's going to be able to play the second line minutes that we need on the play. You know, he took another shot, what was it, yesterday in the exact same place he missed. He got hurt and missed 11 playoff games earlier. I'm sure the foot is not anywhere near 100%. Lingren's not 100%. But you know what, guys? This is playoff hockey. What players are 100%? Everybody's playing with an injury, a bruise, hurt. So injuries can't be an excuse at this level. you got to find ways to win if you want to get to the finals. And with that, yeah, I'm going to bed, boys. Shout-out to RP. Yeah, shout-out to RP. Let's go to uh, – Scott, we'll get your thoughts. Because, you know, the Panera thing is interesting because he has a little bit of history with – uh, against the uh, the Lightning a few years back when he was on Columbus, remember that was the team. Tampa Bay was the perennial, you know, the perennial favorites. They they dominated. They had the President's Trophy, and Columbus swept them. And Panarin had a very good series, even getting knocked out in one of those games. So it's kind of like Tampa doesn't forget. <laughs> they don't forget at all. Um, this is the t- type of team they could play with. They they could make the most biggest adjustments to any team in the league, I think, Tampa Bay, because it's like a lot of muscle memory. 
Uh, they've been through the wars, right, Scott? They've they've had their great moments, you know, Stanley Cup Finals, you know, and then and then also getting embarrassed in the first round. But then they learn take that as a learning experience, especially guys they played against, and make adjustments. And Panera look, I hate to say he looks lost, but he just looks non-existent. But uh, Scott, your final thoughts, and please once again, please tell everybody. Um, about your platform, the Face Off Hockey Podcast. It's a great platform on that first episode. I'll check out episode number two, by the way. Final thoughts from you, Scott. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call uh, – I wouldn't put Panarin in the playoff bust category. Um, you know, the, and I, I, I was going to say exactly that about that, uh, that series with Columbus uh, where he was pretty much a one-man show and sweeping Tampa. But, uh, yes, he's definitely not the same player – um, that he has been in the regular season, uh, and RP nailed it perfectly. And, and it's just a different style of hockey. Just, just everything is just you know ramped up uh, with the physicality, uh, you know, ten notches. Um, and yes, uh, not, uh, not, not the most physical players we've ever seen. Um, and you, you know, maybe he's just having trouble adjusting to it. Um, you know, remember even in the Pittsburgh series, he was kind of. Um, I mean, he had some assists, but, uh, you know, he wasn't really uh, – wasn't one of the more visible players until he took that shot in game seven overtime. Um, and, uh, you know, he's quietly getting some points. Um, you know, I, I forgot what the number was. I was looking at it. Well, it's, it's not terrible, but with a guy like that, like that guy, you know, you know, he's supposed to be putting up the numbers that Fox and his manager had to put up, all three of them, um, you know, you know, Kreider's doing his part for for the most part. He's had a, a couple shades of, uh, you know, pre-current Kreider. Um, but, um, you know, he's holding his own. He's, he's getting it done. Uh, you know, Panarin is definitely not pulling his weight. Uh, and that's got to change very quickly, so especially if uh, – either way, I was going to say, especially if we uh, – have the potentially devastating injuries coming our way, um, but either way, he's he's got to step it up and become more of a you know more of a force to be reckoned with. You know, we spent the first ten minutes talking about how do we neutralize uh, um, uh, 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 Kucherov, and you know Tampa has has to have that conversation about Panarin because they haven't had to. So uh, we will see what Gerard Gallant has in store for us. Uh, uh, on uh, Thursday, uh, you know, back at home, and uh, hopefully we get some good news from the hockey gods. Uh, holding our breath on Heedle here and uh, and Enstrom. So that's that's what I got. Uh, anything from the platform with you and Pat? Oh, oh yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I don't even know offhand what the name is. Um, <laughs> but on the hockey podcast, I believe we're called. Uh, we're gonna try to work on something a little snazzier. We just wanted to get it off the ground. Um, yep, we're we're on Twitter. Um, my own you can, my own name. Uh, follow me as well. And it's funny because I've had Twitter for like a decade and never ever used it. <laughs> um, so now I guess I have to. Uh, I am uh, Mr. Ice Guy Blander. My last name. Um, that's my name. Uh, the podcast, I'm not 100% sure of the name, but um, we'll, uh, I'll get that out there. And if, uh, again, I appreciate you uh, letting me push that, Steve. Um, so, yeah, that's that.
Oh, yeah, uh, one more thing, and we'll go to Carl get his final thoughts. But uh, your thoughts on Colorado uh, getting rid of the Edmonton Oilers as quickly as they did. And, and also, we usually do this way, Glenn, uh, on this episode. Uh, I liked the first three episodes of The Boys. Um, you know, put some light into the end of this episode. Uh, yeah, Homelander's lo- losing his edge. Probably saw this train wreck come in if he was a Blue Shirts fan as the series tied at 2-2 with the injury situation. He's losing his marbles, like you would say. <laughs> Your thoughts on the on, on the Western Conference and also, you know, a little tidbit uh, on, on The Boys, man. Yeah, um, you know, first of all, uh, this is now – uh, the 29th straight year, we are guaranteed that uh, the Stanley Cup will be staying in the United States. Uh, of course, uh, Rangers started that off. Um, yeah, I mean, Ed- Edmonton was, you know, we, we knew, we pretty much knew the ride was over coming into this series. Uh, it was a nice ride. Um, they're just too top-heavy. Um, you know, we, we talked about Florida being too top-heavy. You know, I've made comparisons to the, the, the mid-2000s Capitals team. I mean, Edmonton, their defense is just atrocious. And Mike Smith, I don't understand how that guy's in the NHL. So that's obviously something they uh, need to address. Um, so I think we all saw that coming. Um, you know, last night's game was phenomenal. They had some absolute shootouts. They weren't all blowouts. Um, but they, you know, they have some absolute just shooting galleries, just like we had in the last, uh, in the battle of Alberta. So, uh, you know, Colorado is going to be sitting pretty healing their guys up. Uh, just, you know, hoping we have a slugfest that goes seven games, which it probably will. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, Colorado, this is, could should be their year. Um, you know, the, the, the what, what the only downfall for them is that whoever comes out of the east they're facing a better goalie they're you know they're they're back up uh i don't know how to pronounce his name francois francouz whatever um he's terrible and uh the other guy uh, darcy camper is slightly above average at best so uh they're definitely going to be facing a better goaltender whoever comes out of this but uh they're that being said they're just a tremendous team um better you know they're, they're clearly good enough top to bottom to overcome uh not having the better goal in a series so uh uh you know they're definitely the their year their their stanley cup for the taking i think i and uh, as far as the boys yeah i mean this series just gets better and better every year it, it just it just keeps going up uh, i didn't watch the third episode yet we got um we got the first two in and then i kind of went on a stranger things marathon cuz i i had watched season 1 when it aired and i stopped watching i don't know i liked it but i didn't love it um and now i guess with everybody going nuts about season 4 i said all right let me give it another shot and start season 2 uh, in fact, I had at the time watched the first episode uh, of season two, and I'm like, God, this is I'm not really feeling this. Uh, I gave it another shot, and was, you know, it just, it just it just clicked this time. And uh, I watched seasons two and three in the past like four days, um, so I just started season four. So I'm uh, so I'm back into Stranger Things, uh, and so for that reason, I did not watch the third episode of The Boys. But uh, yeah, Homelander is just going off the rails, and I love it. Like I, I wanted to see that. You know, once it became clear, once we learned who, who Homelander was, I just want to see him go just full ballistic, and he's doing that now. This is going to be fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, that show just keeps getting better. I just, I don't understand how they do it, but they do. Right on. Shout out to Scott. Yeah, I, um, I got through the first three, and you're right, man. They build it up just right. 
I don't get the hype with Stranger Things. I get it, but I, not really my cup of tea. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I say, you know, I watch it just to keep tabs and say, okay, I, you know, it's good water cooler talk. But yeah, I'm with you on those shows, man. Shout out to Scott and shout out to the, the Face Off Hockey podcast I saw on YouTube, man. And I'm gonna check out episode two to, definitely tomorrow and get my feedback. Uh, with you guys, man. Shout out awesome. to Patrick. Shout out to Scott. And Carl, your final thoughts, man. Um, man, hey, whatever you want to say, Chief, and then we're out. You know, I, I miss my buddy Glenn tonight. I was, I was disappointed. I didn't get a chance to hear his voice. He's uh, probably on, a, evening, but probably on a homeland. He's probably on a homelander rage right now in New Jersey, just going off. So if you see, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, knows, well, hopefully. Man. Well, hey, well, hopefully we'll hear from him on uh, on Tuesday. By the way, some uh, some clarification. Uh, the reason why the game is being played for if they go to seven games, the reason why it's being played on Tuesday is for television purposes because uh, the rights holder, which in this case for the conference final is ESPN, has an NBA game on that Monday, and so they they don't like to put obviously a, a, you know an NBA finals game and a conference final you know two sports they have on their air. On the competing on the same night. That is the reason why there is the extra day in between um, game six and seven if it were to come to that. Unlike in 2015 when there was that Bed Midler concert at the Garden, which I still believe to this day is the reason why the Rangers did not win game seven partially, but that's a, a personal thing uh, that, I've always, that I've always kept. But, hey, listen, be that as it may, you know, the series is now, you know, hey, listen, best of three here again. Um, the series is almost destined to go seven, especially if the Rangers win tomorrow, win, win on Thursday, which I think they will. Um, whether or not they can steal, I thought to, you know I actually thought tonight's game was there to be stolen, um, much like Game Three, even though they weren't playing well. Um, but unfortunately, the Rangers weren't unable to to take care of you know just kind of putting the game in a in a perilous position for Tampa, where they had to hold on. Um, you know, coming into Thursday's game now, Tampa Bay has been playing much, much better since, you know, the quote-unquote rust game of, of game one and maybe even a little bit of game number two. Um, you know, we're talking about the big players. We're talking about Panarin. You know, it's interesting, guys, we're just mentioning him. I was looking this up. Going into tonight's game, Panarin has had 15 points in 17 playoff games this season, which is nearly a point a game. But you would never know it by watching <laughs> what has been going on in the ice. So he, while he's been, quote, he's been producing points, it just doesn't look that way. Um, but, you know, listen, eventually he's going to get, I, you know, he's too good of a player to be held down uh, for, for that long of a period of time. You know, we were all hoping potentially to get maybe, I don't know, 10 days off of rest, you know, before either next uh, Wednesday or next Saturday when the final starts. You know, Colorado's been the favorite to win the Cup since the season started. They were the betting favorite going in. They've been, you know, they've there's been nothing to indicate so far from October to now that they should be, anything less than uh, the favorite to win the title uh, it, when, when they, when they start playing uh, for the final next week, you know, we're just hoping that we can be there to, to try to, you know, thwart that and knock them off. But, you know, listen, Tampa Bay, I have all the respect in the world for that team. You know, they are not they're, they're They were going to be heard from, you know, before the series is over. I'm curious to this day, how fans thought at two, nothing, in the middle of the second period on Sunday, if they had visions of sweep in their mind before, you know, these results now, the last game and a half. But you know what? Figuring out a way now to just sort of sort of grind out this series. It's, it's, I think it's going seven. 
I have a difficult time for me with me believing that they're going to um, that they're going to win Thursday and then close them out Saturday. I have a hard time believing it, but I thought tonight. I, I got to be very honest with you all. I thought that I told somebody this today. I said I think the winner of tonight's game is going to win the series, and Tampa Bay won tonight and they won pretty convincingly. And it's kind of got me. It's in my head right now. I'm I'm very worried. I think it's like I said. I think we're going to be back here on Tuesday night, you know, for a seventh game, and you, I'm, I'm just concerned that playing too many seven games, you're just bound to lose one. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm praying that I'm wrong, but the odds just say that just like years ago when we were winning all those seven games and eventually lost. You know, you, you just can't keep going to the well that many times. And the Rangers have to figure out a way to avoid that situation from happening coming up next week. At the C-Note, shout-outs to Carl, man. Yo, Carl, thank you very much. I, I feel exactly the same way you, you're thinking. And my final thoughts, I'll wrap it up like this. Uh, shout-outs to RP, shout-outs to Scott, shout-outs to Carl. Tonight's game had – reminiscence of what happened in games five and seven in 2015 in that Eastern Conference Finals with lack of offense, no energy. It looked like deja blue all over again. I am hoping something has to give, meaning the Rangers have been, no, I don't want to jinx it, but knock on wood. Hopefully they regain their energy and get at least one of the two centers back from an injury so we can, you know, do exactly what we did in the Carolina series and gain, get back home ice? Uh, or is it going to be one of those situations where Tampa Bay stifles the Rangers' uh, offensive tackle, which I think this, this team offensively is better than what it was in 2015. But we've seen the story before. I just hope it doesn't repeat itself. Hopefully. I, I am hoping things pan out between Wednesday and Thursday. Heading into game number five, uh, tied at two to two, hopefully in our favor. I'm I'm, I'm anxious and I'm kind of worried, man, to be honest with you. So, like Carl said, win or lose, series or series is not over. You know, game uh, we'll be back on next Tuesday to discuss whatever our fate may be. Shout out to RP Scott, the Face Off Podcast, and of course Carl, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and man, yo guys, you gotta go to Twitter, man. They're killing Panera, and this is. Man, Panera had—he's been in the clear slate since he got to the Rangers till tonight. Man, they ripping him. This is bad, man. All right, song of the ladies and gentlemen. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,